You are listening to the Strawberry Think podcast, a space for weekly conversations about science, society and philosophy, but from a contrarian lens. You can find us on Instagram at the strawberry think.podcast. That is the strawberry think.podcast. Thanks once again for tuning in and now let's get to the topic of the day. Welcome to episode 7 of the podcast. Here we have a conversation on ethical journalism in the modern world and I'm talking to Rutik Kailas Jadhav who is a core team member from the news media company called The Paradigm. More about them in the end. Now, here's my conversation with Rutik. Can you explain to people uh, give us sort of an intro to what you've got going on? We are a media and news company and uh, what we are basically trying to do is what our mission is we are trying to uh, inculcate free thinking among people through our news content if you are looking at any other mainstream uh, news or media company either they will uh, give you just plain reporting only facts that is it or uh, they will uh, given their own opinions which serve their own personal agenda or something like that but what we are trying to do is we are trying to inculcate free thinking among our readers like we would end an article on a slightly different note so that uh, the person would actually think after the, uh, reading the article and uh, we try to uh, bring out multi dimensional content so that uh, it helps reader get to know a bit more context about what is happening and not just uh, provide uh, dry facts or any kind of biased news or something like that so uh, that is basically it. and uh, currently we are working on uh, our application our android and ios application what we are looking forward to do is bring in uh, news as per people's preferences as in if they are interested in uh, politics or if they are interested in advances in sciences technology business or something like that so the uh, news would be of their preference they could also read any other uh, news on the web and uh, basically what we are trying to do is we are trying to start a dialogue right so uh, you could actually give out your opinion on a news article that you think uh, like if you want to give in your opinion your input about the article and then people could join in in our opinion section right so right. that is what we are basically trying to do here so that ties in beautifully with uh, our topic for today which is ethical journalism in the modern world so in this modern world of like multiple sources and uh, social media one being one of the major ones in them so uh, what what let's start with the basics what what is journalism like what what is journalism and what is your opinion of what should be journalism and what is ethical journalism to be frank uh, journalism has been a very evolving field with time because uh, in the beginning uh, if you look at uh, ancient times journalism was uh, mostly uh, based upon orders by the king in the imperial times after uh, the invention of the printing uh, by gutenberg in i guess uh, 1650 maybe that is when print media started and uh, print media contributed a lot for almost uh, 300 350 years almost and then came in digital media so the thing with digital media is as journalism has been evolving the thing is the way you consume news has been changing continuously first in all your uh, news was dependent upon what would be released by the king 
what would be given by the king right then it has evolved to print media wherein the newspaper and the editorial team decides what they are going to report on in the digital age you have almost everything on the internet there is everything that you want to read about on the web and it is it could be actually very difficult to uh, get in the habit of uh, consuming the right content and not get sidelined or go off of the tangent while you are getting your news updates right so to be honest journalism means to me is uh, reporting a certain incident or what uh, the socio political aspect of a country or of the world is currently what happens in the ancient times it was pretty easy because uh, you were restricted to your own kingdoms the things happening in the other kingdoms or other places were uh, more or less irrelevant to you but due to globalization uh, it has become different and journalism too has evolved to become a more uh, global field right so currently what i would what i would define journalism in my own opinion is and what we are trying to do at the paradigm is report incidents report stories around the world whatever is happening reporting socio political aspect of the world in the way that the layman could understand and ponder over it so that they could make up their own opinion and not get sidelined by any other uh, irrelevant content irrelevant news that comes into their news feed due to the uh, digitization of uh, media and journalism i guess yeah that would be it right so a couple points i i'd like to pick pick up from there one thing you told it has become more global but i think yeah. from an intellectual perspective we're still in the uh, sort of kingdoms which you told about we're will still in the ideological echo chambers although we are connected we keep consuming news which supports our uh, biases and i think we are intellectually still divided if not physically as as a collective group and people are like overloading information into the silos so that that's uh, that's one of the thing i've seen happening and uh, the other thing is whenever humans do something there will be cognitive biases and like whenever we uh, report something there will be biases so i'm curious as to how this will be different from the other uh, gazillion outlets out there and like how you minimize the cognitive biases or how you sort of try to maintain the ethics in the journalism and i i'd like to know what the ethics are you try to uphold like what what are the things or the ethics you think are worth upholding right so uh, okay so the thing is uh, when you are uh, talking about like uh, you brought in a very nice point about that we are still divided uh, on the basis of our cognitive biases uh, instead of kingdoms as in the ancient times uh, we are now uh, like divided on our cognitive biases that we think uh, according to uh, our morality and our sense of uh, morality whatever could be right uh, in the sense that every new story that happens uh, anywhere any political happening is uh, could be looked at from different perspectives right so there could be a different perspective regarding the same story from different point of views so what we try to do is 
uh, when we are writing an article, when uh, we are uh, like giving out an article, what our content team does is we uh, try to read as much as we can about uh, the thing that is happening, the incident. If it is a humanitarian crisis uh, like Yemen or uh, like the blasts that happened in Lebanon uh, currently, so what we do is we read a lot uh, about whatever has happened. We try to put ourselves into the shoes of who have experienced them, so as to get an idea when we cross the limit of uh, there is certain sense of privacy and there is this certain sense of uh, there is a certain line that you wouldn't want to cross when you're reporting about a certain community or a certain group of people. I'm being uh, very niched here, but uh, I think that would be a great like example to explain you this way. So what we do is we try to be more empathetic towards what thing has happened with that uh, group of people. And what we do is we try to provide a multidimensional outlook towards uh, regarding that uh, article, right? So we try to get in as many inputs as we can. It could be getting, uh, like reading uh, the articles from other news outlets. It could be talking to those people. It could be talking to the relatives of those who have been affected, right? So as to get a first-hand uh, experience of what has happened. So what we basically do is keep ourselves in the place of those people who have uh, suffered, who have experienced the thing and then try to provide uh, different perspectives in the one uh, article. And then uh, try to make people think about, and then uh, do the same thing with the readers. Try to uh, make them think about uh, what would happen if they were in that place or if they were in that part of the world where this uh, particular news story took place. Right, so that is our approach. We uh, do not actually uh, like, uh, as you said, that there would be a kind of cognitive bias, right? What we try to do is uh, compensate for it through multi-dimensional uh, outlook or presenting multi-dimensional perspective of that article, of that uh, incident or story. That is like, that is a great way to, you know, the first person outlook, like getting that first person uh, outlook is very important in journalism and I find something that is missing in many outlets today. But uh, one thing I'd like to explore is uh, if you think all opinions are worth, are considered equally, like are all opinions, do you think all opinions are worth hearing and it should be an open market of ideas and where should the line of censorship be even at a small level if you're like censoring what you should write what you should and what you should hear what you shouldn't where do you think the line is on censorship because it's a blurred one at the moment because uh, so are all opinions worth listening to or uh, is it a landscape we have where we have uh, valleys and trusts and like moral high grounds is it a moral landscape uh, where is that okay so uh... To be honest, uh, in my personal opinion, I don't uh, think that all opinions are the same. There are actually uh, a majority of opinions which would be irrelevant when you think about it. It would mostly be people just 
trying to communicate what they think about it the thing is when someone uh, talks about or gives their opinion about something and if the opinion is a bit irrelevant to the topic it is not actually the person's fault so what we are like uh, in context in our context in the paradigms context, context what we are trying to do is when there is a community of people and when they are putting out their opinions it could be a bit flawed morally because uh, i believe that morality is subjective right but uh, there is this universal uh, line that we all know that uh, then like everyone in the species knows that uh, you can't go beyond this line uh, regarding uh, it could be about um, being a bigot or uh, be like spreading hatred or something of that kind so what we are trying to do is if one person gives their opinion on something there is an entire community to nudge them in the right direction right to be honest we all have different opinions right so when you are nudged in the right direction by other people you could think where you are going wrong with your opinion or uh, what is actually happening uh, to your thought process when you are thinking about it what dots are uh, you not trying to connect but when there's a community they bring uh, to your notice these uh, dots that you think didn't even exist in the first place and then they help to shape your opinion so that is how the community aspect of it helps in shaping an opinion like uh, my beliefs have uh, not been the same uh, the set of beliefs that i have right now are not the same that i had uh, in the past 2 uh, years or the past 3 years but the way i have uh, met new people they have nudged me in uh, a different direction that than what i actually uh, had thought before a couple of years before or 3 uh, years before so you evolve when the community nudges you in the right direction so when people give out their opinion in a public space when there is uh, no one judging or no one calling you out but then trying to help you shape your opinion uh i guess that would be favorable to the entire community as a whole so, so again uh, i i hate yeah. to interrupt but like that was not exactly the question i had in mind i don't know if i okay. communicated uh, correctly like nudging part i i get that all the points you said are fair but what is right so what what is right is essentially right. the question in censorship right so if right. something like where is the censorship line that where you decide this is right and this is wrong what is a bigot what is bigoted what is misogynistic so right. those are terms which are being used where they are not necessarily required in some places uh, and like so these terms are being uh, misused in some places like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, the censorship line that's what i'm trying to get at and uh, say a hypothetical i'll present a hypothetical for if if hitler was alive today and he said death to all jews would you right. try to think from the perspective of hitler ki like w- what he was thinking and like for, right. em- be empathetic to hit hitler so is that opinion worth hearing so that is something like most of us would reflexively say no that's not worth hearing but then what where's the line where do you bring the line about i'm just okay, uh, so presenting a wild hypothetical to like you know bring uh, uh, hit it ha huh. 
if you are looking at it uh, there are different uh, ways to look at it if you are looking at it uh, in a like vague sociological way i would say that there is no defined line like you already uh, told me that like you already said that the line is very uh, blurred you don't actually know when you have crossed the line right so in my opinion uh, the best indicator uh, of when you have crossed the line is uh, there is something called a canary right uh, when you think about something being your canary and if it could be your set of belief it could be a level that you have uh, restricted yourself as an organization as a person that you won't be crossing and uh, you know what would be the consequences around you if you cross them right so if you consider that uh, particular uh, action as your canary and if uh, you realize that you have crossed it right it could be different for different people so if you kill your canary that is how you know that you have gone too far right so for uh, a media company if i am talking about uh, the paradigm specifically so uh, it would be the best uh, like approximates for us the best estimates for us would be trying to be in line with uh, the media regulations that uh, the constitution of our country has put in right the cyber laws that uh, restrict us from uh, invading someone's privacy and uh, the most important thing would be not violating the basic human rights that every human has while reporting a story so i guess these three should be more than enough to uh, like have a line although it is a pretty blurry one but it is a less uh, blurred one when you are not actually considering any uh, like if you are not setting up your canary if you are not defining what your canary is so i guess uh, yeah the law the constitution the uh, cyber law and uh, the basic human rights is uh, i guess what uh, we function by or i function by so as okay. to not uh, okay uh, in so some privacy or something like that yeah so i'll uh, present a slight modification of that or, or rather an extension from that um you're obviously a company a news media company so right. all news are not uh, will not be worth publishing right right and you have to grow growth is part of your intention right so it has to be sensational to a certain degree to publish it right right so how do you balance that like a news that will like click on say instagram or how how do you balance what to put out with like original authentic content that like you don't care if people read or not uh, how do you balance that that uh, dilemma okay so our approach is uh, very straightforward uh in the core team what we do is the core team is basically one of the most uh, empathetic people you'll ever uh, meet uh, like i told you our basic approach is to be in the first person uh, scenario of any news that we are reporting right so uh, to give you an example if you're talking about the lebanon explosion that happened uh, due to the ammonium nitrate uh, hmm. last month hmm. or a couple of months back right so uh, there are a number of ways you could report it right in the beginning uh, when there was not much information about it people would 
like even some media houses would go crazy about it saying it was done by a terrorist group or it could be an attack by a uh, uh, a different country on lebanon right but to look at it the other way to look at it in a more humanitarian way what we try to do is how we approach the problem is lebanon has been going through a difficult time for uh, quite some time right now okay and even after the explosions when the government uh, they understood that they couldn't actually uh, provide value to the people to the democracy the government resigned uh, i hope you have read about that the government resigned leaving the people in shambles so lebanon has not been in the best economical or uh, even sociological uh, is not at their best currently so the thing is when you are looking at something like this happening in the capital of a country that is already struggling and uh, the people who are only uh, like uh, who have been kept together by this uh, faith in democracy call it uh, faith or call it belief a faith in the democracy and when the government just leaves them to be as it is and uh, not trying to provide much value about uh, a tragedy because the port was one of the most important thing that the country had and the port got destroyed so we tried to look at it from their perspective what we did was we uh, tried to read as much as we came, we could we could not get uh, people or uh, any relatives or people through social media who could talk to us about it we tried to extensively talk to people we uh, dm'd them but uh, their relatives or something like that or people who could tell us more about what is happening in the country to get a first hand experience but we couldn't get it what we did was we tried to put ourselves uh, into their uh, into their shoes and uh, try to uh, report it from a humanitarian way as to how uh, messed up it is when your government leaves you at such a crucial point in time when you are already struggling economically and sociologically how uh, it would uh, go on to create distrust for democracy among the people a distrust for any kind of government be it a fitting government a capable government or not but there is this thing that affects people psychologically when something like that happens in a country that is how we try to approach the problem that is how we try to report it so our basic like our fundamental goal is to approach it humanitarianly not to go very sensationalized the thing is when people i don't think that is even a word sensationalized uh, but what we try to do is keep uh, ourselves in their shoes and when we get the perspective of what they are going through i guess that is uh, one of the best ways of reporting that we could do on our part if people want to uh, like read clickbaity articles or something like that it's upon them but i'm pretty sure that uh, the audience that we cater to has been evolving with us there have been people who joined in joined our community later on and then have been going through this uh, shift in their ideology how they are looking at the world they are uh, looking at it in a more humanitarian way we get a lot of uh, dms sometimes uh, telling us that they like the way we are trying to report a certain news piece or a certain story around the world so we try not to be very clickbaity we just try to be 
more humanitarian while we report the news and i guess at the fundamental level if uh, people want to read a humanitarian side of any story i think uh, they actually come up and read and uh, it does not matter if it is interesting enough it if it is scandalous enough for them i think they just read it for uh, trying to get a perspective about uh, what the people are going through what the country is going through what the world is going through i think that right so like empathy is uh, one of the main emotions that many of the journalists lack at the moment and that's exactly. one of the reasons i decided to reach out as well because uh you can find a lot of other sources if you're looking for what's in the trend right now you can, it's just a google search everything but authentic sources who are trying to do something good uh are something like is something rare to find so that helps us move into the next topic which uh, obviously we can't skip around which is indian media so so uh, the topic of indian media is one that's been discussed even internationally in many places it's pretty famous for the like 50 panel debates if you can call them that and like one person shutting all the other 49 people out i think we'll talk a bit about that what what is your opinion on the indian media side of things and like i i think we can think of a few instances that are relevant in the current context and like we can pick on those and even some which uh, are from the past but but are still very much relevant okay uh, do you have any specific uh, incident in mind so for instance like we can talk about the sushant singh rajput case that's going on in the right. that has been going on in the media for quite a right. while now so uh so for the people in case anyone doesn't know the context it's like a famous indian actor called sushant singh rajput passed away and initially it was um, thought of as a suicide since he was taking medications for a clinical depression uh but then it was alleged that it's a murder and there is some drug syndicate behind it and obviously arnab goswami was one of the leading members of that protest sort of protest against the mumbai police's initial investigation reports and he was convinced that it's it's not a suicide and it's in fact a planned murder so it's still ongoing but it has had some very uh, interesting revelations as of late because uh, the amount of drugs that have been seized from the alleged members was so- something very futile in relative sense so i'm not going into all the details so what do you think of the whole situation is it a mess or like what do you think investigative journalism should be that or what do you think on that okay so uh, the thing is uh, when you are talking about uh, the sushant singh rajput case uh, there are a lot of layers to it okay so it all started last year when shiv sena and uh, bjp could not uh, form an alliance in maharashtra right and uh, shiv sena and ncp got together made an alliance and udhav uh, thakre became the cm of maharashtra Right. so since then bjp has uh, taken the role 
for opposition party right mm. so uh, there are a lot of layers to it when you are talking about uh, sushant singh uh, rajput's uh, like he passed away uh, by uh, suicide as the initial uh, post mortem report show yeah. right so i am trying to be as politically correct as possible i yeah. can right now so yeah. i should not offend anyone so uh, the thing is when you are looking up when you are looking at mainstream media and how it is covering i can only tell you how mainstream media is covering mm. right a lot of what many people have uh, italy uh, called maybe a witch hunt uh, a media trial right so what is happening currently is uh, people were very upset uh, over uh, his death and people asked for uh, cbi to probe into the matter right but to be honest when you look at it in my opinion i think when you are uh, giving a certain case a higher priority compared to all the other cases going on in the country it seems unfair to the people who have gone like people who are affiliated with the other cases the victims of other cases who rightfully should also get a cbi investigation right so that was the first thing second thing is the way indian media is covering it there has been a media trial against um, sushant singh uh, rajput's uh, girlfriend priya chakraborty so shame how it has been like it has been uh, reported to be honest i don't personally like uh, how news channels are reporting it how they are shaming certain people riya chakraborty or her brother the amount of uh, drug the quantity of drugs that ncb found at their place was 59 grams yeah and uh, if the ncb finds less than 1000 grams of marijuana at in a raid so the punishment is uh, 10000 rupees fine or a year in jail if i'm not wrong uh, i read that last week so the thing is the way people have been manipulated uh, not manipulated but uh, the kind of facts that people have been fed through media mainstream media i'll uh, talk about tv media the thing is there has been a lot of drama and uh, us indians voyeurism knows no limit we are so consumed by our uh, obsession with celebrities that if something like this happens uh, we are the first ones to like uh, get baffled and then uh, make our own theories whatever suits our like own sets of beliefs in the first place mm-hmm. uh, it reminds me of uh, oj simpson's case right uh, in the us a few mm-hmm. decades ago so uh, like what had happened uh, in the past so the thing is uh, people have been getting sidelined uh, from uh, what should be fed to them by the media the thing is when you look at it on a, a bit of a larger if you look at the bigger picture you would see that uh bihar elections are coming up and uh, sushant singh rajput was from bihar right there is a lot of political gains to be made out of this case and uh, how it is being reported uh shiv sena is in uh, par in maharashtra and uh, to be honest the way uh indian media is reporting it is uh a bit shameful how they are uh, treating uh, riya chakraborty or her brother uh, i told you that there is this thing called uh, human rights there are these things called human rights as per yeah. human rights 
everyone has the right to be uh, detained with respect when you are being taken by the police when you are being detained by the police uh although the police is doing uh, a fairly good job logistically taking them from uh, one place to the another but the way media people have been uh, like uh, going all out at it in the name of content in the name of journalism which i uh, absolutely hate yeah if this is not defamation i don't know what is if exactly. this was us they would be suing right now <laughs> so they would be suing right now yeah yeah this Just, is not the way it should be reported by the indian media and uh, it has been very biased uh, on a lot of channels uh, many have been suspecting uh, it is because of uh, the political games that could be made uh, from this case uh, right i think uh, i yeah. agree to a certain point there is a lot of political games to be made from this case if it topples in one direction because no one can actually uh, no one actually knows what uh, that was going through if it was a suicide or something like that and uh, uh, keeping aside uh, whatever happened with sushant there has been a lot of coverage around what people are commenting on what is happening hmm like i said i would uh, call it a great showcase of uh, voyeurism and how indian media has been uh, trying to uh, not give out uh, the multidimensional uh, perspective that I, that uh, i would want as an audience in my opinion so uh, i am very disappointed uh, in the way it has been reported uh, on the tv print media have uh, gone through it is a bit uh, print media has been doing a better job at reporting it they have been putting out uh, kind of straight facts uh, not uh, even uh, trying to make people think about it what i would suggest is people just try to think uh, for themselves take in all uh, assumptions like scientific theory hypothesis and then, uh, to test all of if they are correct even if one of them uh, doesn't you have to go and uh, like so i think that is how uh, for each and every case not even for sushant's case but i think the indian audience should uh, do a better job at trying to uh, like uh, inculcate a kind of free thinking in them and to right. be honest uh, uh, people like people would uh, want drama from a media house they expect a lot of drama from a media house and then uh, media house are catering that need of a lot of drama but when independent independent journalism steps in people don't want to support it monetarily or even through a few good words and that is why uh, in a fit of desperation many independent uh, media houses turn towards a bit of uh, dramatized content and uh, the thing is apart from uh, the politics the politicians and uh, anyone else in the country i think uh, the audience is a bigger hypocrite to be honest i'll start from the point you ended with so the media houses which are trying to be as impartial as possible like ndtv being one of them they are just barely surviving so even if a government is not directly 
censoring them if they take out the ads then they cannot survive so exactly. ndtv is just yeah. barely hanging on and there are many other regional outlets like that also so that's one thing and i definitely think there are political gains because the uh, performance the covid 19 performance in bihar and the flood performance in bihar like how the government responded to that was abysmal so uh, and uh, nitish ji needs something to cover that up and so uh, i think this is just tapering the cracks uh, and like making people forget w- the real issues and that has always right. been and the a case lot of, a lot of people are actually consuming it and glorifying it the audience is actually glorifying uh, the way it is being reported and uh, i think uh, the audience is at a fault a uh, larger fault than a media house maybe right uh, even in twitter if you see the trending like uh, i don't generally like twitter but if you take twitter as a reflection then like arnab was trending all throughout uh, that period when we were uncertain and now it has come out that uh, there is not much substance to what he claimed but then again people are refusing to accept anything else so exactly. so yeah there are both sides to that and um even not even this like even if it's the aggression in the galwan valley or any yeah. other like uh, china or pakistan or any any other scapegoat of choice uh, exactly. so scapegoating yeah scapegoating has uh played a major role in at least the last 5 years of journalism because there is this uh uh like people consider that if you cannot uh if you don't have an antagonist you can't actually be a protagonist and then feel good about yourself that also deflects uh, the light from the real issues so like exactly uh, to say the economy or economy something that is even still relevant at the moment people are still trying to figure out what the negative <laughs> negative gdps are <laughs> so yeah. what what that actually means what a deficit and, is yeah. yeah and like vulture funds being a real prospect of if we fail to repay the um, like debts we are in right now uh right. in the like as what happened in the case of country i'm not comparing these countries but uh, that's what hap- happened in many of the african countries like right. they just uh, this un and uh, the other global organizations are or uh, say the international monetary reserve or, or all these are considered to be the people who are to be as impartial uh, as possible but these people give soft loans initially to these countries like developing countries or uh, underdeveloped countries then they turn it into hard loans and then they hand them over to the vulture funds so essen essentially so africa and like many other places are just being extorted of their natural resources 
because they were brought into this debt trap so right. uh, those that is one among the many concerns like i i remember something on ndtv reporting on how like a majority are still devoid of electricity and those are the yeah. things majority of india is still devoid of electricity those are the things we should rather focus on or people yeah. dying from uh, hunger amidst the covid or, or even, like yeah uh, the people who had their money in pmc bank yeah and they have been suffering so much there have been around uh, uh, 100 uh, suicides 100 people uh, killed themselves because uh, they couldn't get the money that they uh, put into pmc bank and now uh, their money is entirely gone and there has been no like uh, what I, from what i have heard uh, i have not uh, heard about any kind of compensation that is being given to them currently and it is pretty sad because uh, the people who have uh, kept their money in the bank uh, are from different financial backgrounds some people could afford a blunder like that and some people were totally dependent on the interest and the savings that they had in the bank for their children's education or for their uh, children's marriages or any other thing medical emergencies or something like that so yeah Uh, i don't think there has been a dialogue that has been started regarding uh, this thing because even those people are human if you look at it if uh, uh, if you or i would have gone through the same thing uh, just think about how uh, infuriated you or i would have been if our money just vanishes uh, overnight if the bank just like uh, today there is a bank tomorrow there is no bank all your all your savings everything all your money is it is gone and there is no talk of compensation and people have been talking about an actors uh, death and uh, marijuana and all i think that would be pretty sad so yeah i i completely agree to that and i think the average smoker bros will be <laughs> afraid cbi will investigate into their houses as well because they might be like they definitely are carrying more than 60 or 70 grams and yeah, yeah. and according to this uh, standard that is the priority of the cbi apparently uh, although right. like tons of uh, drugs and narcotics are being confiscated in say karnataka and even my home state kerala uh, yeah. even even amidst this the uh, like for some reason this has been what the uh, what the prime focus has been for the main investigating agencies of our country so i don't know about that tells you a lot about uh, priorities of the people to be honest because uh, cvi for sushant was trending uh, like i i blame people for uh, right. whatever is happening currently and i have uh, this uh, Thing. I don't know what it's called, but I think it is pretty certain that you could connect any event in history or in the uh, present and try to uh, like uh, you could try to prophesy what would happen in the future just by looking the political happening of the country, the and the present political happenings of the country. You could try and uh, see what could actually happen in the future. so that is how uh, uh how much we rely on political happenings in a democracy so yeah. uh, 
so that yeah is something that should be reported so as to so as people would have a greater idea if the gdp is going to fall or rise in the coming 3 or 4 months if yeah. uh, people won't if the media won't report that something of the sort is happening and there are not a lot of investments uh, in the industrial sector from uh, like uh, from different countries from the us or something like that due to so and so problem that a certain uh, the certain sector is facing so please expect the gdp to uh, like uh, stumble a bit and uh, maybe it would be covered up in another sector or one sector is booming if you won't report it how would people know it came as a shock minus 23.9% it's not a joke when you're talking about something like that uh, we knew that the pandemic would like hit the world like a train uh, in terms of gdp uh, but this has been pretty bad and uh, pretty lousy not on just uh, the government's part but also from the media's perspective because we didn't uh, prepare people to get that kind of news we haven't been preparing people uh, to get that kind of news and then just bombard them with uh, something like that they are bound to like uh, get afraid or uh, worry or something like that we yeah. are not preparing them so, for things like this so when when the nation's economy i can still people saying about the v shaped graph so i heard some yeah. <laughs> some v-shaped someone recovery. yeah v shaped recovery so yeah so uh, <laughs> i heard somebody uh, say on the news like when you're drowning uh, it, it's no use saying that you had a v shaped graph when your economy is literally drowning it, it's it's of no use if you if you fuck it up and then make it okay <laughs> that's still bad exactly. if you create the problem and then recover from the problem that's still bad so when you are uh, looking at a stati- a dynamic statistical quantity when it decreases if you give it enough time it will increase at some point right so it is nature of that statistical quantity that dynamic statistical quantity to grow regress yeah or regress towards the mean yeah regress towards the mean right so i don't think that is a viable uh, point a v shaped recovery or something like that in my opinion there would be a recovery uh, yeah, but I, uh, the important thing is how much time would it take and i think this pandemic will set us back at least 10 5 to 10 years in the least so another thing um, that has been in the news like that sort of lost relevancy in between like relevance in between is the uh, china position like the aggression on our borders and even yeah. china china's global positions that that was our main focus a couple of months ago so right. uh, so that sort of lost uh that was lost in between the sushant case and now it, it it's coming up again since you know yeah uh, like uh, you mentioned uh, about china uh, as uh, donald trump sees it the thing is uh, uh there has also been a lot of scapegoating like uh, if you look at uh, uh, superpowers emerge after uh, the second world war right 
right so if you look at it since then the super powers have been trying to antagonize each other or at least one of them so that so as to show how uh, like how pious a certain country is there has been a lot of scapegoating against china if i'm being honest on a global scale right so a lot of uh, things that have been uh, that are being said about china is also a lot of scapegoating that is happening against them i know uh, there is a lot of uh, censorship and uh, there are a lot of uh, limitations to uh, uh, what media could report in china there is a lot of censorship uh, but also uh, i think there has also been a lot of uh, scapegoating against china right so a lot of scapegoating uh, but uh to be honest i think it's 50 50 because china is a messed yeah, up 50, place 50. china is it a messed up place there's no uh, disagreement to that and i see a real potent threat developing there because this is exactly the kind of power vacuum that was existing before uh like hitler decided to just you know irritate the neighboring countries and see the global response so right. it, Uh, so germany attacked the small smaller countries and saw saw that there was no major response and then it went to all out war so yeah, chi- china 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 has been gunning towards that but the uh, strange thing global response yeah so so the strange thing i noticed was that uh, its move towards india was a sort of strategical blunder in, on their part they could have gone for the smaller Uh, countries or islands in the nearby areas and that would have been a tactical move because already the un and the other major global organizations have been handed to china by a certain peach in the white house so right. uh, so they they are taking a, advantage of a power vacuum at the moment and they could they have been provoking india for a long time uh so i think their attack towards india was a blunder from their part because that was unnecessary i, I think it was not a blunder uh, per se because if they would be wasting like uh, if they would be uh, giving out their time on smaller countries trying to see what the global response would be uh, on an economic front india would be getting a bit ahead because the way uh, india has been developing in the past uh, few years okay so it is very difficult for uh, countries that lie so close and on the same continent to compete uh, in a world of globe like uh, in a global world right it is very difficult so i think what they try to do was uh, try to get hold of india try to threaten uh, kind of uh, so that they could uh, get like stop us in the tracks in the initial stages itself so that uh, we don't have uh, time to uh, like scale faster That yeah even I- internally i think xi jinping has a real fear of things happening to him what happened to mao zedong towards his end so yeah. his demise being already planned out he has a real fear of that so internally there are a lot of conflicts towards that as well and even they are trying to deflect some 
uh, attention to other countries and like they're trying to report uh, how us is characterizing them like being racist and characterizing them as the monsters so obviously right. there the, there are both parts to this every, every country is trying to you know take advantage the sad situation but take advantage of the pandemic and you know deflect some of the uh, blame towards that so i, I think uh, that is one thing again uh, outlets like news x uh, i i don't know what's up with news x but they have been the one source that have been consistently reporting on china and only china <laughs> even only china. even th- even through sushant singh rajput case they were they were focused on china like the host <laughs> comes uh, in the morning 5am or something and subha says like it's china <laughs> it's china from the get go so uh, i'm a joke that the x in news x stands for china or pakistan so <laughs> they should try renaming it to pakistan today or china today <laughs> today in the world of fame so yeah uh, that is one thing i found odd in between all all that but uh, i have to also admire uh, the republic tv's uh, like their will will to go through with this because whatever you may have a position on if it's right or wrong but they started this and they made other news channels follow their lead follow them yeah yeah so, yeah. so th- that is one thing i noticed was you know a, a power of a news media company to make the news like literally f- uh, make the focus something uh, shift from yeah. something to yeah yeah other. yeah there is this thing about mainstream media also so uh, the thing is people uh, mainstream media also what they need to do is uh, to scale they need a lot of investment mm. right mm. and when someone has been pumping in money for your for your company or or mm. happens with you is you need to keep them happy okay a lot of media also do that they need to keep their investors happy if you don't uh, let keep your investors happy your organization would just die out if uh, there is no money pumping in right so what they have to do is they have to keep their investors happy so that they could uh, get in money continuously uh, get in money and uh, that is one thing uh, that i'd like to point out is uh, very rare in independent media houses what independent media houses depend on is people subscribing okay uh, then the second thing is sponsored content third thing is advertisement and the fourth thing is the readers donating or subscribing i'm sorry okay. how is the sponsored content different from investing uh, okay so yeah 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 I'll, uh, so sponsored content could be uh, like there is a range of sponsored content that could come in like uh, i uh, video which uh, said that uh, on uh, should be closed like like uh, people should just get off pornhub because uh, there is not a lot of safety for uh, people and uh, people's clips have been uh, leaking online without their consent which uh, pornhub is uh, very strict about because if uh, about uh, 
child pornography and about non consensual uh, clips uh, pornography is very strict about it hmm. the thing is if you want deal someone first thing or if you want to uh, get in good words for yourself advertising okay through a need uh, like news or media advertising is too straight forward okay but when you uh, like mm, disguise it in some kind of an article okay that becomes sponsored content so uh, i'm not i'm not asking how it is how how like i'm not asking that i'm asking uh, how it how would it be essentially different from the idea of keeping your investors happy to keeping your okay. sponsors happy okay so sponsored content could be a one time thing hmm. or a, a contract based thing investors actually get like buying stakes in your organization right so that is a more permanent thing compared to sponsored content I okay that uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that that should explain it yeah uh, all right so, so independent media houses depend a lot on these uh, four five factors and uh, when people uh, look out for drama or something like that they are not subscribing or they are not donating or they are not consuming independent mainstream independent 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 uh, media and their content so in a fit of desperation they have to uh, like get in people who could pump in money and then the cycle of pleasing your investors starts so that is very sad about the media and journalism industry okay so i think uh, we've discussed that topic essentially so we've discussed how the line of censorship could be so now i think one more major topic to discuss is the uh, journalism in 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 the age of social media so right. how yeah how how anything can be uh, cooked up and forwarded as a whatsapp message right. and how that is acting as a source of information for many people and something as horrible as the lynching of the software engineers in assam i don't know if you remember that uh, because there was a whatsapp forward that um, people with similar looks as in dreadlocks and all yeah yeah were yeah. Uh, coming to kidnap their kids so that yeah, was a yeah. fake news but that led to the death of actual people so people, it's not yeah. it's not a laughing matter that like we all know it's fake news it's not that people believe that so how can we ethically uh, consume news as well as produce news so uh, some people might be knowingly no uh, unknowingly uh, forwarding or act like being part of this unethical journalism they won't know right. they they'll be doing they might be honest in their act but right. uh that that still is a problem so how can we uh deal with that and how can we use social media as a platform to encourage ethical journalism and encourage people consuming such content okay so uh, there is this uh, thing i read about so uh, currently there are uh, 
social media trials by uh, uh, like web users on social medias regarding any kind of case any high profile case like i told you uh, when people uh, involved in a certain uh, case are famous enough it gathers a lot of attention from the common people and they try to fit in uh, what has happened in the case with their uh, pre existing set of beliefs right this leads to social media trials so what happens in a social media trial is people give out their opinions actually not opinions but they give out their judgment okay giving out judgment is not a people's job it is a judiciary's job right so in the uk what happened was due to the extensive use of social media by all kinds of people like there are judges there are lawyers uh, there are people from the jury who are who are like you who have private lives who have their uh, social media accounts people uh, having a certain uh, opinion regarding a case put out something on social media and it uh, gets a lot of traction on social media it reaches those uh, people who are about to make a decision on that particular case and so it um, messes up the entire uh, like uh, not being partial and the non biased way of how they have been looking at through evidences because in judiciary the judgment should solely be upon the statements and the evidences that uh, other authorities present in the court okay but when someone reads about something on social media and they have to make a judgment about it in real life judiciary in real judiciary instead of social media trials it becomes very difficult to be non biased so voting their opinions the uk government has been considering putting a censorship so as to not influence uh, the judiciaries and the judges uh, opinion or their uh, decision on the case and i think it is pretty landmark considering uh, you have to take into account that those are just humans who uh, would scroll through social media and get the news from so- most of their news from social media right but then it puts into jeopardy the censorship because then people like uh, first thing people cannot give out their opinions and second thing is media cannot give out something that would that might be concrete but uh, couldn't reach the people because of censorship so it is a uh, like uh, in line to walk on and uh, it is very difficult to come across with a solution for that kind of problem and uh, for social media for whatsapp forward the fake news like yeah. you say ki uh, sometimes people don't know uh, that uh, whatever they are doing is wrong and uh, the thing is uh, they do not know that uh, it could, it is punishable by law and they think that whatever they are and they are doing a good deed the problem with it is if it was anything related to uh, anything else other than big uh, news or something i would say if they are not being mind if they are not being mindful that they are doing a wrong deed then it would be considered uh, a kind of ignorance right but when there are actual people dying when there is an effect of something like this 
in the real world there is uh, no actual uh, excuse to uh, come up with fake news or even do a good deed trying to yeah, give out so that one of the yeah. basic traffic rules is even that ignorance is not an excuse for the law so no, yeah exactly yeah ignorance of law is not an excuse that's yeah. the correct wording for that like uh, sometimes i would prefer apathy over ignorance i could hmm. choose to not care about something about which i know but not be uh, ignorant about something that is happening in the world because mm-hmm. it could land me or people around me in trouble if i am not well informed about something that is happening in the real world and it actually affects the people in the real world so yeah that is my take on uh, like censorship during social media and something like yeah so it is very difficult think, uh, thing to tackle currently yeah even a paradigm functions a lot in the instagram space right so yeah 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 uh i think even you guys could do a play a part in helping people become aware of the fake news maybe a segment or something yeah. in which like we pe- have hmm. we have the section called uh, the paradigm fluke or fake hmm. okay so hmm. in which uh, we provide people like uh, it is currently in uh, like trial stages what uh, we do is we try something out with a small group of people okay hmm. and then try to see how scalable it is in terms of efficiency how efficient that process is and then we come up with uh, like uh, applying it on a greater scale so what we try to do is uh, it is very difficult to get uh, check on if that thing is real or not right because you have to do extensive research and considering that uh, a lot of people that are working with the paradigm currently are volunteers like right. uh, if you could just give me a second i would like to tell you about our chain makers program hmm. what we do is we are open people working with the paradigm who would like to help produce uh, content and let uh, like uh, multi dimensional content reach the audience right okay. so it is very rare for us to look out for people who would like to help almost 95% of the people that are working with the paradigm or uh, as we call them the paradigm speakers people who have voluntarily emailed us uh, telling us that they want to work with us okay and if they are students what we do is we treat this uh, they as a change makers as an internship so that they have something tangible to show in terms of uh, when going to empire or for an interview so it is just a part of this work of a uh, part of social impact that they have made on the world it is also something tangible uh, in terms of what an employer is asking for so we treat the uh, period as a teacher as their internship in content writing then journalism research etc and uh, what they do is they produce meaningful that the audience reads and it is uh, so uh, like it is very thrilling and very exciting when people tell us that we are producing content that actually provides value to their lives 
considering that people who are working on the paradigm are like they do not expect a single penny out of the project because we are not earning anything out of this currently and uh, they do not get any kind of money but the kind of effort the kind of uh, like uh, mm, the kind of effort that they put in is very commendable so what we are trying to do is we have people who are trying to research we ask people to whatsapp us irony we ask people to uh, whatsapp us something that they think would could be fake news or something that they would just like to get checked about okay if this is real or if this is not and then we try to provide them uh, if it is fake or not as soon as we can okay so we are currently working on our whatsapp model uh, we are also working on our instagram model so people could just dm us asking about if this thing is fake news or if this thing is uh, true and then we could tell them that uh, a certain thing is uh, fake or a certain part of this news is fake or the entire news is fake or something like that so we are working on fake news currently and how to tackle fake news and i guess in the future we will be coming up with more efficient ways to tackle fake news which is one of our uh, prime uh, uh, like uh, agenda work agenda yeah yeah thank you uh, our prime agenda trying hmm. to uh, keep people not only informed or updated but also provide value to their lives and not uh, let fake news mess up their heads all right so i think uh, that's a nice point to wind it up right uh, yeah. so so yeah it's been a pleasure talking to you and i think uh, the media ethics is a conversation that should not stop here like we all should ask ourselves the things we do in our daily life because it's not something we uh, like sit on a chair and discuss for an hour it's something that that's a part of our daily life so uh that that's something we should check ourselves upon